You got five words. They're good. That's <laughs> 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 That's us, yeah. There we are. Woody and Frothies, we're back again to look back on the prelim finals week uh, and a brief look towards... No, that's about it. Just that, and then we're going to do our, uh, some some sort of review afterward. Hello. Now, that review we're doing... You okay? Yeah, I'm holding in some a sneeze. <laughs> I'm holding in a sneeze. Um, having some sort of a stroke. Well, I, I tried to do it quietly because it's a podcast, so no one noticed, but you brought it up. Yeah, I was holding in a sneeze. Um, so, are we doing... Fifth to eighth, yep. or the Correct. first four? Okay, so eighth not the first fifth. four no, no, eliminated. Okay. <laughs> so later Genesee. order. No, um, yeah, the yeah. way they finished the regular season. Regular season. Yeah. But that's for the next show. Uh, well, I'm just doing a bit of on-air... Um, Sizzle. On-air admin right now, just trying to work some <laughs> stuff out. Yeah. It's Daggy, Barney and Ollie. Hey, everyone. Uh, we're talking some uh, footy, I guess. That's what we usually do. Uh, welcome back if you've... Uh, if you've listened before, and welcome aboard. If you've made it this far in, Barn, how was uh, the weekend? <laughs> yeah, less and less footy coming up each week now, which is starting, starting to get a little bit depressive. But we'll be cricket season before we know it, and there'll be something else to watch on the TV. But yeah, no, it's um, some good footy. Mm. There was some real good footy played on the weekend. A um, couple of really highlight performances, and a couple that weren't so crash hot. But um, yeah. Feeling a bit cooked, actually. I've been out back in the truck for a couple of days and in the sun. So. Oh, no, I'm back at cricket. I'm already over cricket oh, season. Oh, mate. Uh, tell me about it. Yeah. I, I want to apologise to everyone at first early because it might be a bit of a loud episode as well because um, we can pick a night. Good friend of the Can't show, uh, Johnny's in form. So. Uh, his bold prediction, there. which is just a, just a two and a half weeks away, the bold prediction show. Yeah. His bold prediction is Manly 2023 premiers. There's something different. Oh, also, speaking of... Bold predictions. I'll get it out of the way early. Uh, your brother, Robert, good old Flobs, has, has been insistent that I bring up the fact that his big bold prediction came true, Penrith Para Grand Final. And he also wanted me to bring up that his bold prediction was also Tigers winning the spoon. But that, I don't think that was very bold. Can he... What else did he win this year? He nearly topped the tipping as well, didn't he? he Three pretty good bird, hits. I think. He's done yeah. well there. So he's done well. I think, yeah, he's going to be hard to beat. When we go back to our bold prediction show, for those that haven't uh, heard it, it's our usual season sign-off. I think we're going to have a Christmas party one this year as well, for better or worse. But uh, our usual end-of-season sign-off where we basically go as wacky as we can within the realms of, I guess, possibility and see what sticks. And uh, we go back and listen to what we all threw up 12 months ago. Uh, in all this case, it was over the back of my back deck, but that was a fun night out. So, um, yeah, we listen to what happens there, and the winner gets a fabulous prize. <laughs> right. What's the prize? What, I'll work it out. What, what prize did I get last year? <laughs> uh, the plaque that I haven't seen here yet. The Christmas show will end trophy. up sounding something like the background noise you can probably hear. Well, we'll some the can can the, the Christmas show be a club, Trev? Yes. I can arrange it. Anyway, um, no one wants to listen to this shit. Let's <laughs> um, talk. Uh, news, uh, I guess one of the big talking points. Well, Tane Milne, does he accept it? Get play yet? Or has he got the six weeks? I th- well, is it um, is it if he accepts it, it's five. It's if five, he, tra- if five. he challenges and loses, it's six. So, is he? Does that count as World Cup or what? Who knows what happens? Well, anyway. I think it. I think they've set a precedent now. Looks precedent like now that World Cup yeah. is going to because yeah, Tom- Tamalolo didn't want it. Yeah, yeah, he's missing. I think at least three a couple games. Of three three games. games. So yeah. he'll he'll miss the group stage then. So. Mm. Milne would probably still have one because I think who, who does Milne qualify for? Is it Cook Islands? 
So he'd probably get four of his five games out of the World Cup and that would be about it. So he may still have one to serve for South next year. And I guess the other news of the day is they're looking at dropping the 6 o'clock Friday game in favour of a 6 o'clock Sunday game. Thoughts? Yeah, probably not a bad idea. Um, I don't mind the the doubleheader on the Friday night as long as I'm home early enough to to have them both on. But... um, It'll only be for 12 months. As soon as the Dolphins come in, be, that game will be back on, I would imagine. Dolphins are coming in next year. The Friday Dolphins night. are next year. Sorry? Dolphins, Dolphins are here next year. Oh, sorry. Yeah. yeah, okay. So when sorry, the 18th team comes in, they'll they'll slot that back in, to, in position. But there might be a couple of years away. But yeah. I'm all for, I'm all for uh, the 6 o'clock Sunday. My only issue is the weekends have the children it's a long a long weekend it's a long Sunday six, six <laughs> games both day, uh, six games across two days fantastic one I don't and obviously I love our Sunday sessions when we can at the pub but they are long days they could end back. up dangerous if we well, that, that, that's the thing. The, 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 the sessions that we usually do down here are usually Friday nights because it's the two games so it's sort of like a good a good amount of time, but it's going to be it's, it's going to be a bit weird. But obviously, the reason why this decision's been made, and I've seen people complaining, it's like, oh, don't they like ratings, or don't they like, I don't know, people complain. I think people Sunday, are complaining about I would it. Imagine but, but a Sunday six pm game would do quite well. I, I think so as well. But the thing is also the reason why they'd be making this change is because ratings obviously are that bad that they think we got to we got to move the time slot. So the, the, I'd say the proof would be in the pudding. I think, uh, yeah, I, I if uh, I think it's been record numbers for Fox this year, but personal I, I preference, see. I'd probably prefer the Friday the more. I think well, about yeah, it, but I at like the end of the day, more, more yeah. time with you know my friends and loved ones. But um, some of my friends and loved ones can share footy with me, so there's that too, I suppose. But um, <laughs> spend time with them on Friday at six pm. But that's true. I, I can now fit an yeah. extra hour in before the game starts. <laughs> uh, the only other thing I'd say about it is I would like to see the kickoff of the Friday night game and the Thursday night game, for that matter be brought forward to, say, seven, quarter past seven. Yep. Because... 7.30 uh, at the latest. Yeah. Again, the kiddies just don't make it to full time in those games. No. I struggle some weeks. So it's and 7.30 is probably prime time, realistically. Yeah. If you're going to... So if you, if you can, and um, the six o'clock kickoff by, kick by 7.30, mm. not 7.30 for an eight fucking yeah, yeah, start, yeah. And, be done, and then you're done by 9.30 and um, happy days. But... Oh. Anyway, it's for next year. We look forward to all Absolutely. that. Any other thoughts on what's happened around the, the lands? Around the lands? Well, not really, okay. no. All right. Let's get to Friday night then, 23rd of September, 24-20. A really gripping game of rugby league, actually. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Cowboys couldn't hold on against Parramatta. Uh, what did the stats say, Barn? You had three tries for Cowboys, four for Parramatta, which was two out of three conversions playing four out of four. Two out of two penalty attempts for the Cowboys and zero out of one for Parramatta. 83% completion by the Cowboys played 75% for Parramatta. 36 out of 43 sets played 27 out of 36. Six line breaks for both teams. 40 tackle busts played 31. Seven offloads to 15. A forced dropout for both teams. Zero 40 20s. One ruck infringement against the Cowboys. Three against Parramatta. Zero inside the 10s. Five penalties conceded to seven. Six errors to 11. Uh, there was a sin bin. Uh, I can't remember. Who got bin? Um, As a cowboy player, got bin towards the end of the game. Yeah, For the up, right. uh, up and under. Yeah. Well, whatever you call it. Cotter it used made, to be called a tackle, I suppose. Cotter made 45 tackles. Mahoney made 58. Hiku with 191 running metres. Gutho with 179. 
Gilbert missed six tackles and made 23. Paulo missed five and made 26. Reed missed nine, but he did make 58, so he probably gets a pass. What do you think of it, Ollie? Well, well I thought this was a, a, was a, a gripping encounter. As you say, is that the word you use? Gripping. Yeah. Well, it was definitely. Um, Grotch, it, it was it, it was obviously close. It, it, it was played at that finals intensity. The, but the big thing I noticed is it just seemed for at least about sixty minutes there, everything seemed to be going the Cowboys' way. But the Eels just hung on. It it's like it, you're reading off the stats there. But at one point during the, the game, I think. I saw it was around the 60th minute, I think, for the whole game. It was Parramatta had like seven tackles in the Cowboys' 20, and the, the Cowboys had about 30 in, in Paris' 20. It just seemed like it, it was Parramatta just holding on and clinging on. And at that point, I, I believe it was Cowboys, they went 20 to 12, wasn't it? When they went up by more than a converted try, I thought, well, it's done here because the way this game is going, Parramatta are hanging in there. But it, it just seemed like it, giving the Cowboys that inch more than a converted try I thought would be out of reach for the Eels. But obviously late on, they got the wind in their sails and their I guess their hard work of actually holding on really paid off. Uh, for me, the, the standout individual was probably Sean Lane. I'd say p- close to the performance of his career, at least in a game like that especially. Uh, but the Ford Pack as a whole off the back of that, like obviously Regan Campbell-Gellard scoring two tries, Isaiah Publi was himself. Um, as well. I thought Mitch Moses kicked very well and that's obviously heading into this Sunday against Penrith. That's going that's going to be big, especially going up against Nathan Cleary. So I think it, it's a big positive for Parramatta that he was able to actually have a really strong kicking game. And that's part of what allowed them to cling on when the Cowboys were sort of getting everything going their way um, as well. But for the Cowboys, it's, it more seemed, it, it's hard to really discredit anyone in particular, but it, it just seemed like all the plays were, and I think I've said this about the Cowboys before in a game, all, all their players just sort of played their role that they needed to really well. The backs, they ran well, they ran hard. The forwards, they were really solid defensively, I think, as well. I, it was just sort of that kind of performance from the Cowboys, but in the end, the Eagles, as I said, just got that wind in their sails and they were able to go home with it. Well, Paris shot themselves in the foot for the first half, definitely. They, I think they were completing somewhere around 52% or something. Mm after the first half, and then they come out and completed 100% in the second half. I don't yeah. think they made an error in the second half. So, you know, it's a massive turnaround the way Just that they did on, that. Um, we need to obviously touch on the, the Ford pass. Uh, is there any dispute it was Ford? It nah, was, uh, it was Ford. Ford. Yeah, it, it, it ended up <laughs> Quite obviously Ford. costing them the game. But that all being said, the Cowboys should have had ample time to... It was very early. Go back and listen to the way Todd Payton spoke about it. I thought he spoke about it very well. Um, They had plenty of time and opportunity to overcome that. Cowboys' execution was what let them down at the end of the day. They had numerous opportunities in that first half that they just... They they pushed too hard, I thought, at times. Um, There was passes pushed when they didn't need to be pushed. They were were kicking early sometimes when they didn't need to kick into certain parts of the field. And it ended up costing them at the back end of the game. Um, Even the execution in the back end, like if we break this game down, like you said, the the, the big turning point when it felt like they kicked away twenty to twelve. In in games gone past, even probably regular club games, it was would have shut up shop, and that would have been it. It would have actually probably been even a bigger gap. And I was just and and, and they looked gassed. They looked out on their feet and looked like fitness had run out for the Eels. And the way they were able to rally and then in the latter parts even defend. Um, you've got to give them a big tick. Oh, their scramble defence was fucking it amazing. Was, it was as good a defence I've seen from a Parramatta team probably in as long as I can remember, to be honest. And um, 
But when you talk execution, to my point, is um, Cowboys still felt like they were always going to score in the last five or six minutes. Mm. And, and I think they felt like they were going to score too, but they didn't quite know who was going to do it. And I think they were scared to give up possession, which took a kicking game out. They didn't want to. So then it essentially they were relying on a probably a Val Holmes break An individual effort, to, yeah. to score or a Dearden barge over. And they just, it just didn't happen. And as they shut everything down um, pretty clinically, actually, in their last five or six minutes, Parramatta. I think the halves did sort of lose their head a little bit because they did. I think they pushed a little bit too early yeah. to try and get around Parramatta. And there was a couple of times they got pushed into touch. The ball went in behind players or it was just dropped cold, either due to a poor pass or just someone having, a, you know, clumsy hands at the time. And they, they did seem to go very, especially once they did hit the lead, they, they drew everything back and just tried to play field position and possession. And um, as you mentioned, Parramatta got a, their head of steam up there for a good 20-minute period. And the Cowboys' halves went missing in that last half an hour. Yeah, I agree. They they didn't seem to create any sort of opportunities for and the I Cowboys. And I think Parrish, because they shut Drinkwater down almost perfectly. Yeah, they yeah, took everything absolutely. out of Drinkwater. So. Yeah, he, he didn't have any opportunity yeah. to play. But... Um, I thought the Cowboys were doing everything that they needed to do for the first half or first hour, really, um, to be in front. They they traded blows with the with the Parramatta team. They kept it close, which I said they would need to do to, to win this game. And they looked more likely for probably yeah fifty minutes of the game. They they looked like they were going to score at many different times. Um, and they were even bettering Parramatta's physicality for the first probably half an hour of the game as well um, and intensity. They were technically really good, and as I said, they just didn't capitalise on a couple of opportunities. Um, they gave away momentum and possession a couple of times. The big one was the one where Lane streaks down the field and goes down to the other end off the back of a, a poor Cowboys error, and then Lane streaks away down the field and they score off the back of that. Um, mentioned their cover and their scramble defence. It was brilliant from Parramatta. Where that tackle where Sivo put... Tuolangi in touch mm. right, right on the try line. Like Tuolangi scores that most yeah. most weeks, and he got across there and and got it. Um, I mentioned yeah the intercept for Lane. And just they, what, probably underrated now. I think of this. Just what they've done with their edge defence in the last six weeks is pretty incredible. From where how they were. poor it was in the middle like, of the year. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Like, now the more you think about it, like kudos to whether it's Brad Arthur, whether it's uh, a defensive coach there, uh, an amazing effort. Oh, yeah, their, their toughness and resilience, just to turn up time and time again, was brilliant from Parramatta. I don't know how much it takes out of them going into this weekend because this was the more physical of the two games. Um, and they, I dare say they'd be drained for a couple of days. I think they had the day off today, which they probably well deserved. But um, I thought the, there's a couple of the Cowboys that went missing, really. I thought Gilbert had one of his poorer games mm. for the year, as did Haas. Um, not Hass, fucking Hess. Hess. <laughs> <laughs> oh, there's a coin. They could have used Hass. <laughs> yeah, Hass. Uh, Hess and um, Griffin Neen, I thought, struggled as well, considering how good he's been throughout the majority of the year. The, I mentioned the halves. I, I really thought that they lacked a whole heap of crea creativity in that last 20 or 30 minutes when they were looking for points and they needed them. Um, Leilua and Tamalolo were really strong. Uh, obviously, the, the, the 10 minute. Bin didn't help um, with with JT, but um, and Nanai and Holmes were probably their best two players for the Cowboys. I thought yeah. um, Nanai was massive again, and so was um, so was Holmes. I'll, actually, no, I tell a lie. Cotter was their best player on the field. Cotter was an absolute man possessed. I think yeah. he made sixty something tackles. It's, yeah, 
Yeah, so he, I was blasting your ears off now, wasn't I? He made close to 60 tackles and he was uh, he scored a try and he was okay. just making, I think he made around 18 hit-ups as well. He, what was it? It was somewhere around 60 tackles and without a miss. Like, Cotter was... Uh, it was ridiculous. 45, 45 tackles, tackles no without a miss and 18 hit-ups and he Apologies was super strong. Apologies for blowing your brains out there, Barney. <laughs> the wrong mic levels there. I can't believe you didn't say anything. You'd be deaf right now. Um, Siva and Penasini were the best of the back line, I thought, for... For Parramatta, they look really good ball in hand. They're making a lot of tackle busts and causing issues for the Cowboys' defence. Um, Moses and Niakore were, were pretty good. Um, Niakore, for a bloke who doesn't generally have a massive role to play in this He's team, he Warriors. always does his job. Yeah. And he generally does a pretty good job of what, oh, what whatever role they give I'll him. I'll take him in any first-grade team. Papa Lee and uh, Reed Mahoney again were really good. Um, they just do their job every week. But it was the it was the back rowers for Parramatta that ended up getting them over the line. Uh, it was Lane, Papa Lee, and Madison again that just they had that extra bit of ball playing with their offloads, and they're really physical when they carry the ball. They're hard to stop. So the evolution we've touched it enough, but the the evolution of Sean Lane this year is pretty phenomenal. He was almost a joke. And it's come in sort Last of, year. what, eight or ten weeks? Like, Probably three months, He was months, going yeah. all right at the start of the year, but he wasn't, wasn't um, you know, knocking the door down. But this last probably two to three months, yeah, he's been tremendous. Yeah, and just his ability. I don't think anyone hits a hole cleaner. Maybe, you know, Angus Crichton. And they could be partners in the uh, World <laughs> Cup, the way it's looking. Uh, just hits just real clean lines and strong, takes people with him now. And it's quick enough. He just um, he's hard to wrap. He just can't there. wrap the ball up. He's and, got and big levers. And, an underrated yeah. skill for back rowers is just being on the spot. And both these pair of back rowers manage to be on the spot a lot. They get a lot of that lot of loose ball or the deflection yeah, yeah. off a bomb. Absolutely, probably he does too. And um, both are both are incredible here. Um, now the bloke we haven't really touched on. Just got to work out which one I got to mute now when I do that. <laughs> but uh, Peter Hiku was fantastic. I thought. He was yes, he um, was really good throughout this this whole game. He looked dangerous every time he had the ball. It was as close to a complete performance from him. Uh, I know he's been good all year, but that was this was he was almost their best. But a, you know, a, a cracking game of footy. Like it went right down to the wire, and I think even para fans will admit nine times, eight times out of ten, maybe they would have themselves expected a last minute try from the Cowboys, and they held on. So para were under the pump for what. 70 minutes of this game? Yeah, like, there was the really game. only yeah. 10 minutes that they felt like they were the better or the stronger team. They never really seemed like they were much worse than the Cowboys, but they were under pressure for yeah. massive parts of this it's, game. It's funny. You can you can actually compare both games through that middle period. They were quite similar, and we saw one... We saw Penrith streak away with yeah, it, yeah, and yeah. A, from a similar situation, Barra pretty much almost got a second win, you'd say, and, and clung on. Yeah, well, Power were up for the fight. The Souths realistically weren't. We'll, we'll get to that. But yeah. at, at <laughs> half-time, they threw their toys out of the cot. <laughs> the Rabbitohs. Well, yeah. but. Any reason they'd stop bombing Waka Blake? Can anyone work that out? He, dropped, <laughs> he, dropped <laughs> the, no he didn't even drop the first one. He got nowhere near. It was in the same postcode. And then they, I can't remember him being kicked to again. It was slightly baffling. So yeah, right. I'm sure... I, to me, it seemed like they were trying to get around him um, with the ball, and he was actually, for how many times I've slammed him during the year of him being off his wing and all the rest of it, he was actually pretty good in this one. So. Yeah, he's he, a lot of the time when he gets when he gets hold of people, he's quite strong and he's he's reliable. Like he was, in that was, sort of wasn't that tremendous point, yeah. by any means, but, and he did make a couple of errors, but yeah, he was he was better than what he has been, in, especially in that Penrith game. But. Any final words on this? 
Cowboys, I think, would be kicking themselves. I think they'll go back and think that this is one that they probably should have won. 100% um, should have, yeah. Going to need to work on maybe some a little bit of ball playing in and around the ruck there where it the, went missing at the back end of the game. But, yeah, Parramatta would be stoked. But as I've just got a little question mark about how bruised and battered they would be because they, <laughs> the Cowboys did rip into them, especially in that first half. It- they say uh, they say grand final weeks in art in itself. Getting players through that, you hear a lot of the interviews, uh, and maybe that's overblown, you know. But I think a lot of the coaches, and it's the first time here for BA, so yeah, um, almost say like, have half the week off, enjoy it, soak it up, blow it in, and we'll worry about it come you know Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. So the extended turnaround, they should be. You think, should be plenty. Yeah. Like, I think you know, nearly what a ten day turnaround or something. Nine days, I think. Yeah. It was, yeah. One of the things I hate fans saying or trying to use as an excuse for a team going into a grand final is that oh because they had a tough game leading into it are they you know are they going to yeah, be no, bruised and battered right. when you're, you're a team that's made the grand final you mm. should be able to get yourself right when you've got at least eight days to get ready for it well you see most teams really only have the one session before like they'll, they'll have yeah. the skills session which Parramatta did yesterday and Penrith have done today for the cameras and showed everyone that and they normally have a probably a solid one session one, either tomorrow yeah. or Thursday. And have a Mickey and then Mouse one on Saturday. The captain's, captain's run Saturday where they all go for a walk along yeah. the beach and fuck yeah. around and whatever, play a game of cricket. Yeah. Well, I remember a bit of a story here in 2017. I got to hold up one of the banners or something um, with a few mates because um, dad's mate was um, was the owner of the company who would were holding up the banners. It was the Melbourne Cowboys grand final and the day before we actually went there for rehearsals. And it was interesting because during the morning, it was it was at like nine o'clock in the morning, both teams were training on the Saturday and it was literally, I'm pretty sure it was literally kicking practice. Like yeah. it was like a group of plays and it was literally, I think Cameron Smith was like taking shots at goal and Cooper Cronk was like practicing his crossfield kicks or something. I, I just remember being sort of surprised by how relaxed it was. Like it wasn't, like you, you couldn't even call it a training, it was a kick around, like... So, I think that, as you mentioned, a bit of that art is trying to keep the players as down as you can, realistically. Because yeah. <laughs> you want to, you know, you want to throw a wet blanket over them and keep them as quiet and as calm as possible until and until you rev them up ten minutes before they run yeah. out and play the game. So, it, but yeah, it's an interesting week. Penrith have been there before, and we'll see. We'll see what power bring to the table. Uh, this is Penrith's first one, though, involving the community. The last two have been true. through COVID, yeah, where they haven't true. had all the as much, you know, with the yeah. fans and that around them. So twenty twenty, well, actually, well twenty, they couldn't physically. Yeah, you're right. Have fans around them, but they, yeah, yeah, yeah. we'll get to we'll get to Penrith now. Um, yeah, anything else on either of these teams? Well, who did we have three, two, one? Obviously, yeah. I thought I'm with Ollie. I had Lane as the best yeah. player on out there. He yeah. made a massive difference. Um, RCG two tries and a really strong we performance didn't through the touch middle. On him. I thought it, surely he was his tremendous. first choice prop for uh, has to be for Australia. Yeah. Him and Hass, you would imagine. Well, Hass is out. So oh, yeah. Hass is out. Him and yeah, fuck knows now. <laughs> we'll talk Tino, Tino, yeah, Tino, yeah. Cotter will probably come in on the bench. But yeah. just on that quickly, I don't think that Prime Minister's thirteen game, at least for me, changed much in my head in terms no, no, of the it was Australian fun to side. Watch and that was it. We'll get to that. We'll, we'll, we'll get back. We won't yeah. analyze. Yeah, I didn't it. take we'll any notes, but I didn't think we were. But I was just saying because it, it was worth, it was built up as something that could have decided a couple of positions, but. Yeah, uh, Lane, RCG2. I had Cotter for the one. I just thought he was the best player for the Cowboys by a fair stretch. 
the amount of work he got through and the physicality he took for such a little bloke through the middle of the field. Yeah, I'm but fine with that. You could uh, give it a call. Uh, yeah. Um, I'll, and I'll honourable mention is to Hiku and look, we didn't really touch on Gutho. He was he was fine. Yeah. Worked hard. Inoffensive, <laughs> you <laughs> might say. Uh, we'll get, we'll, I we'll get to the fullback. I don't think I really. Now. Off the top of my head, I can't really remember him flashing in and making no, no. any sort well, we'll of... get to... It also might not help we're what happened the next night with... We're going to spend some time talking bloke. about another bloke in yeah. a minute, which we might as well get to <laughs> now. 32-12. Uh, Penrith demolished Souths, who had all the running for 20 minutes, and even with the rub of the green after that, probably yeah. never, ever felt like winning that game well, well, that, after that's the thing. 25 this, minutes in this game. This is scary because um, we've been talking all year about how Penrith can sort of, and they haven't really done it too much with a full-strength side, especially in a finals game, where Penrith, you know, we've said they probably can have 20 minutes or so where they may be a bit off or something, and they they certainly didn't have the rub, like the rub of the green was going South Sydney's way even then, but Penrith have shown they can be off for a few minutes in a a big finals game and still come back and do that. Oh, so that's you're going to be blunt about scary. it. They were pretty horrible like, for 20 minutes. Y- y- yeah, yeah. Like, yeah they're essentially atrocious. And they the stats so I can yeah. tell you everything about this game. Yeah, 32-12, <laughs> five tries to two, five out of five conversions played, two out of two for Souths and one out of one penalty attempts for Penrith. 83% uh, completion played 72%, which was 36 out of 45 sets and 27 out of 37 360-plus running metres for Penrith, five line breaks to two, 41 tackle bus to 28, five offloads for Penrith, 14 for Souths, three fours dropouts from both teams, 0 40 20s, 364 tackles played 335, one ruck infringement against Penrith, two inside the 10s against South Sydney, five penalties conceded to four, 10 errors from both teams, a send-off for Souths, Martin made 40 tackles, Murray made 53, Brian Toto with 293 running metres, Isaiah Tass with 211. Leota missed four tackles, made 26. Walker missed 10 and made 15. And Latrell missed four and made seven. Now, Penrith turned around. This is quite simple because you can pinpoint to the second when one A. Coruscant went on the field. He straightened them out. He got them going properly. He would have been leading the forwards much better than, with all due respect to Mitch Kenny, was doing. Who? Actually, in his defence, put on some nice hits. And in his defence, he put on some real yeah, good hits. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> was probably the best defensive yeah, game he, I think um, I've ever seen him play, a, to be honest. A, a great game but. where he ended up floating around in between when Appy was on. But yeah. Coruscant straightened them up and fixed them. Um, and It's the, just that ball out in front and at the right time. It, it gets your players on the front foot. They're catching it while they're moving. Rather than sort of waiting for a ball, getting held up, and then having to start once they catch it. Yeah, it, it, it's, it's this trend that's in the game difference. now, and it shits me to tears in some games because it happens if Appy, it happens if Harry Grant, where they start try and protect him for 20 minutes. I understand the game's faster and they're not getting gas, but you can't tell me Appy wouldn't have held his own in no, the first absolutely 20. Not. Yeah. I'll let you on a roll before I cut you off there. Well, I, I just. As a, I said we, we've said all year, and it, we've not really seen it in a finals game before for Penrith. But how they they can probably be off as it, they they were pretty ordinary for that first twenty minutes. And if you were at least probably I'd say twelve other teams in the competition, that you're probably said and done for the night. But, but taking into account that the, the two tries that they mm. conceded as well, but for Penrith to not only come back for it to be a preliminary final game against a hot team in South Sydney, an informed team, and be able to come back and do that. Um, especially in the second half, that's that. Let, let's just say, and it's definitely not impossible. But Parramatta have got a, a big challenge in front of them. But I thought what also 
kind of hampered South Sydney as well was that I don't think halftime could have come at a worse moment because I feel like they actually stopping and allowing that adrenaline to go away and actually sitting for a bit, I think it played on their mind a bit more that they'd conceded those two late tries. And for Penner, if they would have been up, they would have been up in the sheds thinking we can go on with this. And look, I'm I'm not saying South Sydney do win if halftime wasn't immediately after the the Brian Tyo effort, but... I just feel as though they, they might have been able to manage it a bit better for a bit longer if they, if they were still out there. Nice. I feel like it sort of it didn't help I, the, for the game to be stopped, everything to be stopped, and then they got to come back on and try and reset again when Penrith was sort of I, I Actually, I disagree in that. I actually think what, what Penrith did well, how many times do you see it all the time where uh, a team fails to... South should have scored three or four tries in that first half. When teams fail to score against you after so long, how many times do the team then march upfield and score within two sets? If it was 18 and South or 22 to six um, at half time, which is probably should have been. Yeah. And then they, they did acknowledge, I believe, that the obstruction was an obstruction. I, th- I believe they said okay. that the, the, the tango try... The, no, no, the, the little way runner, runner, runner was around, um, yeah. was shouldn't have been obstruction because there's no contact. But it was nowhere near him. No. It, no. Was, <laughs> it was well, never going to affect well, anything. Also, I think uh, at least seeing it, but I've, they've I've called not, it all year. So. Yeah, I, I've, I've not seen it since. But it looked to me like uh, Richard Kenner's arm went out before he, he got that ball down as well. For South well they never, the show, they never showed a single replay of that. Which so is I, yeah, they so it probably okay. did. Okay. Uh, because they've been... That was the Stains the, try, the coverage, where they went to the yeah, right. Yeah, it's changed yeah. Stains. Yeah, but the coverage has been very um, interesting in the last three weeks in terms of protecting the referees. Oh, finals, they haven't shown I, many I, replays I they, at all. Yeah. Unless it's clear-cut, they don't show yeah. it. And, my God, there's been lots of smoke blown up referees' arseholes yeah. in the last three weeks. Well, it's I'll probably bombed two tries and then had another two taken off. I, him, I, so. I, yeah, <laughs> I would man. bet dollars to donate but, captain... And good on him, he's allowed to. Uh, Captain Pete's had a tap on the shoulder to Foxtel and said, oh, we tell them to stop bagging the refs because there's been a noticeable change in how they've reacted to things uh, at some points. I think we can at least say this as well because some people were, were saying... Especially it. so far out, and I've noticed it in the Ashley Klein, came, Ashley Klein games especially, and look who's refereeing this Sunday. And well-deserved. But um, certain people were saying say that so. uh, <laughs> after, after the Parramatta game, of course, people with their theories and that that are obviously wrong, saying, oh, the, the NRL and the refs want to set up an all-Western Sydney grand final. All you need to do is watch the first 20 minutes of South Penrith, and th- that definitely was not the case because oh, it, it, South Sydney did get, and it wasn't always wrong, but, yeah, it, it seemed a, a lot of the calls were. And, and for even longer, I'd more say the first 20 minutes because that's when South Sydney were up, but I, I'd say it probably continued at certain points throughout the game as well. two or three times during the match. So yeah. It looks like they want South to win yeah, this game. It, it, it like, like, be, and I'm not, say, I'm not saying they did. Honest, I'm not like, saying they did, but I'll put it this way. They definitely weren't forcing a, an all-Western Sydney grand final. Yeah, right. yeah I, I, I do agree with that at least 20 minutes in. Uh, in terms of, if even if Souths go to half-time 12-6, I think they would have taken it, but... Absolutely. They, yeah. they half-time, they needed half-time by the time it came around, one another, I thought. 40 seconds to go. What the fuck are you doing oh, trying yeah. to throw <laughs> cut-out passes yeah. to your centres when you're in front of the posts? Yeah. Take the yeah. one, they kick off, you kick the fucking thing into touch and you go in at 13 to 6. They had the shot there. <laughs> they could have set up for a two. Like, the child could have had a crack for two if they really, like, he'd put him in his sleep. Or sleep. just kick the thing over the sideline yeah. and go in at 12-6. Yeah. And, and then and they go and throw a pressure pass to a bloke who's got busted ribs with a bloke right in front of him and he fumbled it. The bloke had a fantastic... Campbell Graham had a fucking ripping game. He's had a fantastic fight. And then he's he gets put under win. that kind of pressure. He's not going to win um, 
Toe finals runs player down. of the year, but he's yeah. he's been one of the best players in his final series. And then Toe just screams down the sideline. Cody Walker comes yeah. across and just <laughs> gets used <laughs> as a speed bump yeah. by the smallest bloke on the field. They could have stopped it two or three times on just on that dry alone. And even the first one, the Penrith didn't have to do a lot to get into position to score that first try either. There was, it was South turning over ball after 20, 25 or 30 minutes of being physically dominant. They were running through the middle of Penrith. There was the only bloke that I noticed in that pretty much that whole first half that was making a dent in the line was Toto on every second every second hit up out of his back end. Fish did it once or twice, but then when Lenu came on, he was really the only guy that was bending back how, the defence. How, how fast is his... I don't know if legs played a pies to props, but I he hits the, the line so hard. doesn't get 40, 50 minutes every week. But he now, just hits, <laughs> when he comes on, his first hit up, he's always off the back fence. Yeah, absolutely. Like, he just screams incredible. into the fence. He's got no, yeah. no concern no over his <laughs> no body, that's for sure. He just launches himself. I think he just loves the contact. Yeah. I think he's just one of those blokes that gets off on getting belted. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. No, well, that's why he wanted to belt Tane Milne afterwards. Did you say, oh my God. And you could see when Lenny was going off and they were obviously sort of holding him back a bit because he was mouthing off to Milne. You actually see when... Lenny goes down. I'm not sure if they showed it on the coverage, but the South Sydney trainers actually had to to push Milne back, yeah, and they, they looked and out. they waited until yeah. Lenny got into the, the penner sheds before Lenny walked media, down. Like someone was putting crap on Milne, and some South supporters jumped on, and going, "Oh, he's, he tried to take his head off. He's lucky he didn't. They didn't let him go. He would have ripped his head off him." Of and when Lenny was mouthing off to Milne, Milne looked like he did not want no. any of it. He, did you see the look in his yeah, eye, man? Yeah, I wouldn't want to like, go yeah. fucking oh, I, don't, I, don't, I, don't, I don't blame him or anything, no. but he was scared. Fuck me. And but, yes, and just for the record, that obviously was a, I, we all thought it was a send off straight away. Yeah, it was, absolutely. It was not pretty. Yeah. Again, no, it, it was a deserve. massive swinging arm. It's back in the 80s type when the front rowers used to just yeah. do that every second tackle. Okay, Blocker said, mate, that would have been off. <laughs> but even then, yeah, yeah. even the, they, they still would have got sent off back then. So. Yeah. Penrith's attack, yeah, definitely struggled in that first half an hour. Um, I just want to wrap someone who we don't wrap all the time before you're going to get to. No, no, yeah. Um, I thought Charlie Stains was quite good. He was, was. Uh, defensively as well. He was, uh, I've upgraded from shit stains to skid marks. He was much better. (laughs) I don't uh, think there was. A, yeah, I thought there he, wasn't every a run counted, read. and was, his defence was—he was on the spot every time. I thought he was under the high ball. I was actually ball, impressed by, yeah. by him in this game. So, yeah. Um, as I said, yeah, I thought the Penrith's attack was definitely off for twenty to thirty minutes in this game, and it's probably—you know—they've played two games of footy in what five, six weeks. So <laughs> it's definitely something into that. And, and yeah, Parra would be a bit worried about the way that they came home in this game, but um, to me, it looked like the ball movement was slow out of dummy half, which doesn't help, but. There was too many blokes trying to run too many different angles at too many different times, and it was confusing the, the playmakers, and um, they were sort of stopping and starting on their runs, cutting in and out. And then when they settled down and they just started hitting their, their one-out lines, you had your back rowers running straight lines and then maybe one, one guy running an angle. The ball movement got faster, but the play, the players' frantic movements weren't there. So it just, everything picked up. And as you said, it came off the back of Appy getting blokes on the front foot and they got that roll back through the middle of the field. And they mentioned that the push pass for Tao to score there. I think if it goes in at 12-6, you've probably got a whole different second half, to be honest. Um, I still think Penrith win and probably yeah. still win pretty comfortably by at the end of the game but I don't think it's as, as one-sided in that second half. I think South's come out and put out probably another good 20 minutes instead of just coming out. They were flat. They were gone at the half time as you mentioned. I think they realised that they'd blown their opportunities early and 
They were <laughs> they were going to get run down. They're just waiting to see when it was going to happen and how it was going to happen. But um, look, the, you could see in that the back end, of, just how <coughs> Murray's energy is sort of a reflection of the team, and he was gassed in the back end of that first half, and then a non-entity in a set. Like he's, he's, he his ball play was work, fantastic. His tackle, was, his defence was great. Dylan went down, but he was not um, by any means absolute peak. Cam Murray, he, he, and you know. He could probably use a World Cup off, to be honest, but he's he won't let anyone down there either. And that way Appy got out of dummy half for the first try and turned Latrell inside out. <laughs> I would love that. That was fantastic. Yeah. His foot movement and he's he's quick out of dummy half. I think he's a lot quicker than people expect when he gets out. And uh, but I goes, think it's also his reading. Like he just picks the right time where to, to do go. so. Like yeah. he just he's just you, you look. You, you know, if you're smart, you can look quicker when you're and you've got you pick space. Yeah. In second half, Penrith were just clinical. They they went straight at Campbell Graham. Obviously, Blake's got busted ribs. They made him work his ass out. They went to Cody Walker on the other side of the field and just ran directly at him and the other, and um, Ilias. They just worked over the same spots on the field. And if you go have and have a look at if you go and have a look at where all the tries were scored, it was in those three positions. It was just straight over the top of those guys consistently. They'd go to one side of the field, they'd come back, hit the, the other side twice, and then they'd go back again at Walker. And Walker's defence was fucking deplorable. I, I know he's not the best defender in the game, but he was bad in this game. He was jumper-grabbing and just out of position in defence a lot. Um, they kicked smart to the corners and made Luttrell run from one side of the field to the other every time. Like they, It never went straight to Luttrell. He wasn't able to stand there and catch it. He'd had to run 10 or 15 minutes to go and pick it up. And yeah, they obviously gassed him out towards the back end of the game. I Even was surprised the with was, his um, involvement t- on he, the line. He, he just he's non-existent. Yeah, well, most of the season, every time they're within that twenty-meter line, he's involved in at least two plays. Yeah, like to either try and set someone up or run himself. And I think there was three of three or four times he threw a half-decent pass, and that was about it. Like, well, it's it, just. We talk about him getting frustrated, right? And it, it wasn't sort of in the traditional sense where he starts putting shots on and that. And I'm not not sure if you guys uh, noticed it or you could see it on TV a couple of times, like when he'd put a kick away or, or do something. It seemed to always be off the back of something Dylan Edwards did and you could just hear him go. And to, it, it just got more consistent sort of towards the end of the And it always seemed to be when Edwards get, would get the ball off a kick and, and run for 20 or 30 metres or something. It just it, it, it seemed to really be getting to him. that, And it wasn't necessarily his fault that he was able to... I think he was just getting frustrated with his defence a bit, to be honest. And well, we're on Edwards. Yeah. Like, yeah, oh, just, on, just last thing, just on... It's when you put the game together as a whole. Early on in the game... Cleary did a, f- a lot of weird kicks that didn't make sense at the time, but when you piece it all together, like I think twice he just chipped over the line in behind. It was a nothing. Yeah. You think it's nothing kick. We look at the fact he's had to make Latrell run twenty meters to pick it up in a nothing kick, and then he's done the same thing the other side. It's just when you piece together eighty minutes, it's very very clever to yeah. to gas the bloke. But yeah, get to Dylan because he was an absolute star yeah, in this game. Yeah. His uh, positioning at fullback in attack and defence is probably close to the best that there is out there. Yeah. The way he. Even on the, the shit runs he's taken out of dummy half, you very rarely do you see him get hit squarely in the chest and driven back. Like, yeah. he's always on someone's inside or outside shoulder and he sort of makes them half miss. And if they don't half miss, they miss him completely and he's out the other side of the line and then someone else has to get in. Like, he never, he doesn't have that highlight reel where he beats seven blokes and goes to scores, but he's always half beating someone or he'll beat two blokes and then make 20 metres and then off the back of that, yeah. the highlight comes up after that. And... Yeah, he just does not get anywhere near as much if you attention back, if as you were he to go, should. I reckon if you go to watch the 10 best long-distance tries, they put them on YouTube these days, of, of Penrith in 2022, he would have started all of them. 
Yeah, true that because he gets that half break, which turns into all of a sudden he's got the thirty, and gets a quick play of the ball, which either gets a penalty or um, has someone there scooting straight through. He's another forty, and all of a sudden you got Cleary run thirty meters, hit the ball on the full, and he's either running or he's got everyone around him to to, to move the ball around. It's who who was it who scored? I think it was the play after he he got the he got the ball off the kick and ran about. 40 metres. Because, Tungo, I think. Yeah, because for that try, like when he did that, I think that's actually when I noticed Latrell go like that because was he the one who put the kick in? I'm not sure. But there's there's like two South Sydney defenders like standing right there about 20 and, and they're there the whole time waiting for him to go get the ball and you think, okay, he'll run up, they'll tackle him, whatever. So he, he, just bl- <laughs> he just blitzed him and then I think that's when Latrell, oh, fuck. And then bumped and off then, another yeah, one and ran and back just in ran, yeah. yeah. Like it was crazy because it was, it was like, well, there's literally t- two blokes standing right here. They've not had to jog over. They're there right now while he's still leaning and over to pick up the ball. I don't think I've ever seen the bloke he's tired. Just, like he's, just, he's obviously the fittest yeah. bloke they got. And for the size of him, he's tough as nails. <laughs> he played, oh, what, played last year with a broken ankle yeah. or whatever yeah. it was, broken foot. And but even just his ability to get out of the end goal. Not many fullbacks are as good as him. Just sneaking, get sneaking the ball into play. But it all starts with just being in the right that's spot. Right. You know, he's spot. always within five or ten metres of where the ball is. Like he's never, you know, you never go, oh, fuck, where's Penrith's fullback when a kick goes through? Yeah. He's always sniffing around somewhere. He's always close. It's, um, <laughs> he doesn't yeah. get anywhere near as many raps as he should. Oh, I think he's um, starting to. Yeah, he's he definitely to. is. Yeah, he's starting to get a lot more um, notoriety. Uh, I thought Tass and Graham were good for, for South. They're in the back line, they're probably the only two that looked likely for the majority of the game. Um, Cook was okay. So was. Um, Look, even, I hate to say this, but even Kenner's positional play... Age, they, they actually missed Johnston at times because yeah, yeah. he was two, probably two strides in front of where Johnston yeah. takes one of those Absolutely. cutouts yeah, uh, yeah, and yeah, yeah. maybe maybe runs away. Not saying he would have, but he was just that bit keen. And he doesn't have that line. acceleration and either, he, so he, he actually, probably, probably can't start two or three occasions is at least mm. if it's not a try that's meters they could have gained was, early on that. Yeah, game. sort of for that reason, I personally thought they probably should have gone with it's Isaac Thompson, isn't it? Because he he, he he seems mm. a lot more like I'm not saying he is like Alex Johnson, but a lot more similar and probably could have filled into that yeah, 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 yeah. A, a bit better than um, than Kenner. Yeah. But, um, yeah. Uh, Cooks. I thought Sally was actually really good as well, coming off the bench for Souths. And Murray and Keon, they've been their best players pretty much 90% of the season. They just do it every week. Um, I thought they missed a couple of times. again was really good, I, I thought. Yeah, there's a couple of times just you're waiting for him to have that big right upright run. him, and you didn't really take on a lot in this game. Yeah, but they didn't just really seem to play. Yeah, they, I don't know what they After that for. first sort of, when Walker's sort of, Walker's try, let's face it, was a lucky try. Yeah. But yeah, they yeah, could yeah, have yeah. been grounded by Penrith and whatever. And yeah. then there was the try to the, the corner. There was never really any sort of interchange of play in and around the post or on the edges of the ruck that mm. made Penrith have to sort of stretch. Penrith just, like, you know, they're the best defensive team in the comp for a reason, but you've got to yeah. throw more at them than what South yeah. threw at them to, yeah. to be able to break them open. And, like, <coughs> uh, yeah, I thought they were, they were easily the best for Souths. Um, Brian Tyo was fantastic mm. again. Fucking back up to three hundred meters, yep. just you know, <laughs> the bike's a little beast, and he'll be he'll be missed if he does end up leaving Penrith. Um, I mentioned Lenu. I thought he was fantastic um, coming off the bench. I don't know if he may move on in the future, just to try and secure himself a like a, a starting, starting spot, spot. A, a in a bigger contract somewhere else, but. Um, I think he probably deserves a few more, few more minutes. Fish was fantastic. Didn't he just resign again. for not like? Didn't, was he the one of the blokes that took the? 
he took smaller he, contract. He took team. a pay. He got an offer from Melbourne at the end of 2020 that was more money than what Penrith were offering him, and he, he stayed. stayed at I think he signed for two years. So yeah, next, next year. after next year, maybe he might be moving on. But I thought Fish was fantastic again. Um, Liam Martin was Martin, really good, yeah, uh, especially with his ball running. Um, I've got, I'm going to have a couple of dollars on him, I think, for Churchill next week, to be honest. Martin. I think, yeah. He's, well, well, he's chose he's, the right time to stand up. If he jags a try and, you know, he's always hits like in defence and all the rest so. of it. But, yeah, that's why, that's why yeah. I'll be looking to yeah. sniff it around somewhere else. Um, Yo was fantastic again. Um, he, it's just so hard to read. They don't know when he's going to pass and when he's going to run, and he, he makes an impact when he does both of them. Um, but Cleary and Edwards were the two standout players by a mile. Well, I love the way Cleary, when the game needs someone to take control, he just, like, I know there's a whole, all the knockers, he doesn't do it in Origin and all the rest of it. He's done it a couple of times, but he, he probably doesn't do it enough in Origin. But he's got a whole heap of different players around him as well, and it's a whole different type of game. But when Penrith are uh, getting close to finishing a game off, he just, the yeah. way he, he, most of the time he scores himself. He, 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 just, he always he scores a try at the end of like a final game. a little grubber yeah. or he steps inside someone and he's like, yep, that's the end of yeah. the game. Fuck you, I'm going. Yeah, it's, it's, always, <laughs> it's always that style of grubber for yourself that you used to do in the playground after yeah. the bell. You go, oh, and the smart-ass, most talented kid in the field go, oh, just screw yeah. But, but just watching <laughs> it as well, it seemed like he had the ball. He went left, he went right, he looked and he, he ended up just... Oh, he fuck, went, i got to do it Bullshit. And he just went... Some, someone else as well, and I've, I've mentioned him a couple of times this year, and we're pretty much mentioning the whole Penrith squad at this point, but Scott Sorensen has been so good for Penrith coming off of the bench. Perfect, and perfect in, bench In terms player. of like yeah. a, a replacement for Kikau, I saw people saying that Penrith have signed young Zach Hosking from Brisbane, and they yeah. said it would be, be between Hosking and, and someone else um, to take over Kikau's role. I think it should be Scott Sorensen. I don't know if he's got the meters. I don't know if he's got the minutes in him anymore. Well, uh, maybe that's something they can try and see, and maybe that's why not. But coming off the bench this year, he he's been amazing. I loved him at the Sharks. I was devastated when he left, and he was probably close to our best back rower when he was there. I just, yeah, he'd only have probably twelve months left in him, I would imagine. How old is he? He'd be thirty-four, thirty. I always had him in my in my head. Tolman and him were always the same age, so I don't know what that means, and I'm probably wrong. Because he, Google too. he actually left the Sharks under the... He said he was going to retire because he'd had enough and his body was done. And then <laughs> six months or a couple of months later, he popped up and signed with Panthers. But I think because, yeah, I think they just said, oh, there's someone we can get. Yeah. And at the time, would have just yeah. covered for Origin. It was like Kirk Capewell like, well, the year before. Yeah. He just doesn't but, make yeah. mistakes. He just does his job, fucking tackles yeah. well, uh, hits, yeah. a, hits a line really well. And he's got pretty good footwork for... You know, he's not the biggest forward, but he's, he's got decent footwork. Yeah, uh, so. 29. He's only 29? 29. Oh, 29. Yeah. Oh. Well, that's that's older than I would have thought. That's so. enough for a, um, another contract. Well, he might have, yeah, yeah. two or three years. I, 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 I think making, he's at least there next year. If he's 29, if he's, he's probably, making yeah. 300 or 250 doing what he's doing there, yeah. why wouldn't you? Why would you retire? Play your 32 and... Got a starting yeah. spot. And, and then when eventually maybe he's not as good and they drop him to reserve grade, he can win that comp. So, <laughs> Penrith, let's face it, Penrith yeah. will have another 120 kilo back rower out there that yeah, just that, runs that, like that a mate, they, they probably got five of them. <laughs> and I'll just plug him in there. <laughs> It'll be right. They, um, uh, but good old uh, President Scoso, I think they call him down here. Scoso. Scoso. The final word for me on Penrith is they're just the fittest team. They just they engulfed South Sea. Like they just absorbed everything they had and then and dragged him out into the deep water and said, well, if you're going to step up and swim with us, <laughs> come and do it otherwise 
You're going to drown in South Stream. That's a great an analogy, mate. <laughs> Just the way, the amount of pressure that he absorbed in yeah. that first 20, 30. I mean, a lot of teams would have had 20 points put on them and yeah. then good luck coming back. A lot of teams back, would have shut the bet after disallowed, two disallowed tries. Yeah. Just yeah. completely spat the dummy. And they just said, oh, it, it, it felt, it, we'll it, it started to, Come on. <laughs> it really started to, even after those two tries, it started to feel really inevitable. And so it, I did not know how their sales were going to get back uh, into that game. It's just like they run a marathon, they just set their pace yeah. for 40-odd Ks, yeah. and you can run off out in front of them, but yeah. <laughs> we're going to be the first bloke past the line, and <laughs> good luck catching us. Yeah. yeah. I, I think I think another six points early changes it, and there's a bit more panic, but they, they I think they had a good feel for that. Well, we've said three. three you got three, Well, three points. Uh, Edwards, Edwards, definitely. Two. Cleary, two. Cleary. Cleary and Edwards around the other way, but... Whatever. Oh, I'd have I'm it. happy to have Edwards, Edwards three. I'm going Edwards yeah. And then maybe... I'll go Beza for one. Yeah, well, yeah. Tyo. I had three. I had Murray, Appy, or... Um, oh, Appy, yeah. Or Toe. Yeah, but... What do you reckon? It has to be um, Appy or Toe. I think... Or uh, to- oh, Give it to Appy. Appy. Yeah. Give it to Appy. Appy. Yeah, probably Appy. Alrighty, now. Helps if I press record on this stuff. It does. <laughs> the PM's Lost game. five minutes of gold, Adrian. Oh. That was the best stuff for you, too. <laughs> PM's game, Barn, uh, what do we think? Yeah, watched a little bit of it. Um, as I said a couple of seconds ago, <laughs> it was a good game of touch footy. Um, it's it's pretty hard when you've got a, a team that's three quarters full of um, representative players from, you know, Australia, and you're playing a, a, a Queensland Cup team, realistically. Um, there's a couple of impressive performances on the PNG side. There was a couple of guys... That, I don't know their names. I'm sorry. I'm not even going to try and pronounce them. And but there was a couple of there was a front rower there that played extremely well. Um, and they scored a couple of nice tries. It was just sort of kicks in behind the line where they they dove yeah. on the ball and, and they in scored, behind the line. It, it was like three in a row because mm. yeah. it was like 38 nil. Then when it got to 38 14, could have actually been 20 straight if they. I think they'd one disallowed as well. Yeah. So like I never thought they were going to come back and win, but I thought, <laughs> oh shit, they're going to they're actually going to be like quite respectable here, like. And they whacked a couple of the Aussie, the yeah. Aussie guys. There would have been a few blokes wake up with some bruises and stuff because there was some physicality in the game. But the Prime Minister's eleven just did it easy. Um, you had blokes like Bo Filmer at the end of the game playing at centre. Then mm. maybe, hey, Titans. Did we, uh, Titans. Did, didn't we, we mention that? Didn't we mention that as a possibility? On bloke the who hits like week? a fucking truck in defence and you know got pretty good footwork for a decent. For a big guy playing yeah, out the uh, centres, but, but like, then there'd be some dipshit <laughs> playing second row. So <laughs> nah, there'd be someone get um. Oh, you know what? Um, jo- or like jo- Jolla yeah. for someone would be fine. Yeah, yeah. Jolla for um. Get someone who can play back row, please. We'll sign Ang- Angus Crichton. They, they could ask for feet and play more than twenty-five fi- minutes. You'd fix the defence on one side of your fucking in the centres anyway. Well, friend of the show, Steve Chester and Trev both said that Titans will make the top four next year. So yeah, I want, I want whatever they're saying. Yeah. But, anyway. but here's the thing: if their bets are wrong, I should be getting the money. I'm just saying, like, <laughs> uh, I should be getting the money. look like a superstar up against a bunch of, um, you know, reserve graders. Realistically, as did Angus, who uh, I enjoyed throwing a few cutouts and getting involved there, you know, trying to be Luttrell at the death. Um, as I was about, you were just as saying, it was yeah, interesting. Yeah, DCE's, point on DCE, um, yeah. yeah. Issue in terms of, you know, people worry about Munster and a couple of others in Moses that are off contract. If the rumours about how bad Para are, sh- uh, uh, surely... Para's pretty good at the moment, I think. No, uh, how, how bad Manly's sort of <laughs> internals are. I wonder if he's someone... He could get the same money he's on now elsewhere. Yeah, well, in a heartbeat. I heard an interview, I think it was about a week and a half ago, he sort of where half he, said he did thought about leaving. say that there yeah. was... He, yeah. 
He said, I don't, I'm, I'm not going to say it didn't cross my mind. <laughs> the, the question was directly asked to him, did, did you think about leaving during the year? And he's like, I can't tell you it didn't cross my mind. So. Well, no, but actually, yes. <laughs> people, you know, people line up to throw money at Munster and... Uh, well, the Dolphins want Moses, someone but for next year. Like if he's just on the back. market, the Tigers have got one, one to a million to offer him. Wouldn't could do worse. Yeah, Tino was brilliant. I thought Cobo was actually really exciting yeah. again, back to you know close to his best up against the opposition that he played against. But I thought he was um, he looked he just looked fresher. He looked like you know he had his pace back and he he was. His footwork, so he's interesting to see how he goes. Yeah, that Tino goes okay. When he leaves the time, he'll win somewhere else. But, um, yeah, oh, mate, what, what do you say about it, no. realistically? There was some. There was a couple of decent performances out of Papua New Guinea, and I, I wouldn't be surprised if a few of those guys do make their way into the NRL at different points um, going forward, but it was always going to be a smash-up. Well, you'd have to think half of those blokes probably do get picked for the... The, the the squad the world cup the world squad, cup squad yeah, as well yeah, yeah. And, and you know what as well it, it's the old saying but with that australian side you can only play what's in front of you you know they'll probably expected to score around 70 which they did so they, they you, you can't really say they didn't perform to the best of their ability or anything they went out there and get, gave it a crack and put it to them well the, the, let's say the four blokes you know walk ups at the moment fox Crichton, dc in the squad i'm not going to get that argument now cuz i'm tired of it is this from, <laughs> from the Prime Minister's from the Prime Minister. You'd say they well, all did their job. Tino? And Tino was yeah. the fourth, year. All did what you expect them to do. So. Yeah. Both are most strong case. Strong case. I would love to see him. Absolutely. Um, well, I actually wouldn't because then after that he'd get Well, poached, I can imagine. Now we've sort of suggested I can imagine. I imagine there's going to be Carrigan playing in the middle a bit more and sort of a back row rotation of Crichton, Carrigan, Murray, Yo, uh, and Tino and RCG and another big body in the front row. Burton was pretty solid. Um, yeah. yeah. He'll be there just because he can play centre as well. Yeah. And I think they've indicated they're going to have – that they almost said on the Channel 9 coverage because they're trying to crowbar Billy Slater and they're saying Edwards should be an Australian team. And he just said, well, we've got Tedesco and Mitchell as fullbacks, so shut the fuck up. And Laurie probably had his best game for a while. Well, he actually looks pretty you, good. Helps when you when, you get, when you get some players when around you. Players, yeah. Um, yeah, the, the front rower, Sylvester Nemo was the guy I was thinking of. Played 50-odd minutes and, and did a really good stint there for PNG and um, the fullback, Gabby. Mm. Oh, I have heard his Adin name Gabby. before. Yeah. Yeah. I'm pretty yeah. sure he was linked with you guys at one point, wasn't he? he, but, he I think he, he signed. He yeah, played he was playing yeah, yeah, exactly. great. But, uh, he did a pretty decent job us, as well. But, yeah. Yeah. I think he's sort of one of those blokes who's sort of your more consistent but up upper quality sort of reserve grade Top level talents. reserve grade Kind of, kind of yeah. like the halfback, yeah. Cole Lavert, who we were spruiking yeah. after that. Um, I think they bought him that in with a bit of sort of excitement and we never saw hard to hear of him. And so I assume they realised pretty quick he's just a fella. Um, I think he played about 20, 30 minutes in a reserve, in a trial match or something. And yeah, then, he might have. Yeah, That's going right. back two or three years. Yeah. And I think they got the hooker at the time, who's a captain. Remember they had the tough old hooker that used yeah, to be Yeah, he's gone. I think he's, he's retired he's, He was 35 but, at the time. Yeah. It? <laughs> anyway, what's it all mean? How well have we gone in the last 10 years? Anyway, um, do we have a pot plant of the week? I might just pop plant. Oh, a couple of pop plants. I didn't think of it, to be honest. I, I was pretty excited Everything was about good. The, the I'm going to go Chad Townsend just because I thought he... In the clutch, and this is really, really rough for him. In the clutch, may have been able to produce something better than what he did, but that's a very harsh. And Latrell Mitchell. Well, you just took Sorry, one. Yeah. Well, well your, yours is Chad. <laughs> oh, mine yeah, will yeah, be Latrell for well for the obvious reasons comparatively to what he's done most weeks since he's been back but this year. Yes, just to clarify, yeah. these are very extreme. 
pop player concerns. Well, it, again, we're, talk, we're talking about the four best teams in the comp. The four best teams in the comp right now. So, yeah, but Latrell, especially comparatively to what he usually does. Yeah. There was a standout when I was going through the stats that I noticed. Cody? Oh, Tane Mill. Oh, no, yeah. He yeah. did sweep <laughs> fuck all and then tried to rip Spencer. Well, well he, did some, he did something. Yeah. <laughs> He was one of those, uh, what, what's the plant called? Uh, the one with the mouths, the, the Venus flytrap. <laughs> it was a Venus flytrap. He's talking about Cleary, oh, yeah, you can bomb me, bring it on. I've been doing some practice at training. He wasn't practicing his tackling. and he, <laughs> I don't know how many bombs he took at training because he didn't look comfortable at all when they went over that way. He was leaving them from Campbell Graham, who didn't want anything to do with him either. Yeah. <laughs> well, well, the reason he probably felt confident is probably because Cody Walker was the one putting him up to him at training. <laughs> a bit different to Nathan Isn't Cleary. It funny, the evolution of the bomb this year? Like, it's such a weapon now, that big bomb. It's ridiculous, man. Like, fuck, nobody, like, hits him the way that Cleary does. Burton's got something similar, but his is more height than the way that it floats around. But More uncontrolled, I guess you could say, in a weird way. 50% yeah. of the time they go up, they fucking they don't get anywhere near them. Like, <laughs> it bounces yeah. five metres to the side <laughs> yeah, of them. It's, it's, it's ridiculous. Like, Right, yeah. <laughs> They'd have to be in someone smarter than me can do it. I'm sure some of the very good websites like Rugby League Writers and stuff have probably got articles on it. Uh, big shout out to them. Enjoy their stuff. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and, so, um, but just I wonder, like, the effect of certain grounds on that as well. You know, whether... The way that the stadium's structured. The stadium structure, whether yeah, there's a swirl yeah, in some yeah, yeah. or whether, you know, the SCG has it come in and swirl around or whatever it might be. I don't know. But it doesn't really matter because they're playing at a call next week. Uh, I wonder what Waka Blake's going to be doing at training all week. Well, if if Mitch Moses is the one putting the bombs up to him, he might might actually improve a bit. Yeah, he still doesn't hit that float out of the way. Nobody, no. nobody hits. Well, that float no, but I mean, the floating he, bomb. Like at, at least the Eagles have got someone who can kick. Yeah, so, he puts up the big yeah, torpy bombs yeah. that do move around, but they don't move. In terms the same of, way. I think there's it's three blokes ridiculous. who can who have a genuine good floater, and it's Cleary, Daylight to Burton, and then Dewey's got a pretty good one. He doesn't use that often. No. Weirdly enough, but I can't think of any others. It's just the way it swings around, it's ridiculous. Yeah. I can't it think sort of, of wobbles and it looks like it's going to come down in one spot and then it moves 20 metres to the yeah. side. And well, remember, <laughs> what, was it, it might have even been until about mid 2021 or something, but I remember every week we, we had the, sort of the same problem with Cleary that when he'd get about 30 metres out from line, he'd put in the exact same kick yeah, the chip for the second every time. Round. But yeah. He, yeah. he's half bomb, yeah. And half he, bomb he's got thing. that, and now he's got that, and he's got the he's spinning added grubber. to it, yeah. He, he's, he's, the, he's actually... The spinning a, grubber, which spins back to the post. He yeah. aims at the post, yeah. yeah. That's a, that is a deadly kick. But, yeah, there was, there was what, 19, 19, 20, where he was just yeah. sort of chipping to kick out all the time yeah. or to Crichton, and it just sort of led to nothing. And the bloke's, the the bloke's 21, time, and he obviously lives and breathes it, so he... Absolutely. I, I have been critical of him in original levels of times, not so much on the show, but he, um, he, by the time he's 25, he'll be afraid. Right. But, you know, he's, he's his long kicking game is as good as, like, you'd probably only maybe say, oh, there's, you've got DCE Moses. Hunt's probably got the most lethal 40-20, like, long kicking game, but he's, he'd be second. Yeah. Maybe, uh, yeah. Um, yeah, I think so. Yeah, in terms of 40-20s, Hunt, Hunt, Cleary, DCE. And then you're into the hookers. Well, that really. was a, that was a big thing out of that PNG game too. Hunt had an absolute yeah. fucking barnstormer at nine. He was jumping out, like kicking forty twenties, putting the ball into the in goal, like kicking like a halfback at nine. I'll be shocked if like, he's not starting. How, you know that's an absolute weapon. If you can get a bloke who can kick like a halfback out of nine, and, and then imagine some of these teams. Cameron Smith did half hour in when Harry comes on. He's even better than Cameron Smith. <laughs> he kicks teams to death, and Harry comes on half hour in. Yeah. Some of these. And it's like Paul, Paul Grease, especially <laughs> against your Tongas and Samoas who have the big boppers. They're gonna, 
Well, uh, uh, oh, yeah, Gre- yeah, Greece might struggle. Gre- yeah, Australia. Paul Lachlan, <laughs> write that down. Paul Lachlan Ilias will be standing there going, oh, I oh, thought it was bad at yeah. South. Will 12 be fit for Lebanon? I hope so. But um, I, I actually did concern that. I saw a, a Moses quick Dewey stat 12, okay. heading... Um, a glimpse into our future. <laughs> a, a quick stat um, heading into this tournament. I, I've sort of spoken about Samoa for a bit. Samoa have picked more players that will be playing in the grand final this weekend than any other nation. So there you go. When's the Australian team announced? I saw Samoa's today. It, it's weird. They, they're uh, probably way it's too only about final. three or four days after the grand final. Well, well it seems like they've, and it's all been reported, they've... Have we picked ours yet? We're not doing it now. We might do it no. for the grand final day. Yeah. Well, I, I think they've actually told... Uh, the, we've got lots of shit to talk about next week. Yeah. <laughs> the players who didn't make the finals pretty much already know. I think it is or something like that. They've been told quietly. Because I think something like uh, Hudson Young, Jack Whiten, and someone else from Canberra, I think... Have been brought have in been the team. Brought yeah. in. Where's Tapane? New Zealand. Oh, of course he is. Anyway, um, slap, slap, slap. Slap. Oh, that's right. We're doing salute and slaps. I am slapping. Well, here, here's another story time <laughs> to do <laughs> with the stadium. So yeah. this week I'm slapping Ticketek because... And th- oh, this wasn't just... all the slaps. This, well, yeah, this, this will be probably the 50th Ticketek story you've heard. Um, and it wasn't just us. Apparently, it was a fair bit of people at the stadium on um, Were you trying to get Luke Saturday Bryan night. We, well, we went to go sit down in our seats, and there were people there, and we'd been informed that there was a glitch that they'd only found about happened that night, where a lot of seats got double booked. They say it's a fair sold few the same seats seat. got <laughs> sold the same seat twice, and. That's the greatest scam of all so, time. Oh, good. So what they do? So, well, that's the thing. So what was actually supposed to happen where, let's just say you're in row A, row B, two people get picked, booked for row A, but one of them should have been booked for row B. So no one was booked in row B. And that might have been why there were certain patches where, where there was well, no one. Yeah. So l- luckily, though, um, we, we'd been informed about this by one of the, the stadium staff and... Um, Luckily, it was like t- two rows back. There was just like a, a bunch of like 10 seats in a row where there was no one, which I take it, hey, maybe maybe we did end up sitting in the seats we're supposed to be in. But <laughs> lucky, luckily, because at first when we heard this, we thought, well, shit, <laughs> we've just come in. We're, we're just going to have to. And there were a few people I noticed sort of standing around as well. But luckily, we got seats. But yeah, like how, how does that happen? And how do you not find out about it until the, the day of the game and then only tell people when they get, to go to sit down, they go, well, actually, <laughs> we've double booked your seat, but um, you should have been booked somewhere else, so find a seat. So that was certainly something, so I want to slap Ticketek for that. And hope. Well, I mean, I had a bad experience at Penrith Stadium in the first week of the finals. I had a bad experience here. I'm going to the grand final on Sunday, <laughs> so I don't know what's going to happen. How was your general uh, game day experience? It was good. We got we we only got there a little bit before kickoff. We were in sort of the corner of the Penrith supporters full, as, you, full as you wrap around on Sunday. Like yeah, well, well the, that the so yeah, 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 because well because I'm I'm going with my dad and my brother who I've said are big Penrith supporters. I think the state championship kicks off at twelve thirty, so that they 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 want to watch that. Six. Yeah, well, they, <laughs> they want to watch that game, so I'll, I'll be going down for that. So um. Plenty of water throughout the day, though, because I've been to grand finals before where Absolutely. I've tried to do that. And I think it was 2019 in particular when it got to kick off for the Roosters Raiders game. I had the biggest headache of my life, and I was just sort of sitting there like a corpse the whole time. So, got a slap by? 
Uh, it's probably the trail, to be honest. Um, he had plenty of opportunity to get involved in this game, and the way he talked it up all through the finals about being the entertainer, there was plenty of ch opportunities to get in there and you know entertain the fans. And yeah, he could have at least entertained I, us. I I don't remember him in the entire game him actually having a crack at the try line, no. which is no, unusual no, 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 no. for the trail. And there yeah. was plenty of opportunity to do it. He didn't, you know, he never got into that back line and went himself and tried to, act, you know, do something on his own, which is, you know, a lot of games he did, you know, during the season when he came back after his suspension, there was a lot of games where he broke games open on his own and they were probably crying yeah. out for it. Yeah. And it didn't happen, so. Do I have one? I haven't thought about it. Ah, let's say, let's say Tane Milne. It's because he's a pelican. Um. Well, that's about four head highs in the last, what, three or four weeks, I think. Yeah. He's just been taking Mike's heads off for fun. <laughs> was it the last time they played Penrith as well? At some point they played Penrith in the season. He, I, I don't think he actually got charged or anything, but he, there, yeah, he was, there was some incident with him where he he got off like very lightly. And, and he got sent twice in the Roosters game for taking Blake's heads off. And, yeah, anyway. All right. <laughs> salute. I'm going to salute. I'm going to salute Dylan Edwards. Dill bags. Damn it. But can we do it? it. You know, because that's all I had as well. Dylan Edwards. Edwards. Sign off on this. Raise that glass. It was oh, a Dylan Edwards. Fucking fantastic oh. performance, and the way the bloke just puts himself in the right position so often is ridiculous. Uh, and that doesn't just happen by chance. That's by being the fittest motherfucker and the most committed bloke out yeah. there. So I'll give a shout out to Sean Lane as well. Absolutely. I don't think we can finish on a better note. So let's go home. <laughs> Bye, everyone. We'll be back uh, in a minute to talk more shit. Bye. <laughs>